0: Have you ever considered having another child? One More Child is my story of personal growth and a journey of faith. In this book, I share snippets of my life and the reasons for the choices I made early on in my marriage. That was to limit our family size. However, the Lord had other plans and eventually we made a decision to have more children and this changed my life forever. I invite you to read One More Child, which is available in print and on Kindle on Amazon. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. You've come to the right place. My name is Felice Skirwitz and I'm your host. On the One More Child podcast, we'll talk about our daily struggles, faith, family, children, relationships, and whatever the Lord brings our way. One thing you can be sure of, I will share helpful solutions and encourage you along your journey in life. And best of all, I know without a shadow of a doubt that the truth will set you free. This is your personal invitation to join me weekly on the One More Child podcast. Welcome. Hi, friends. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and today I'm going to be sharing with you a topic that is important to me, and that is marriage under trial. Marriages today are under so much stress, and it is something that the enemy does not want to see flourish. And truthfully, marriage is a true test of love, enduring love. This is episode nine, and you can find the show notes at one more child com. Well, marriage is a, a wonderful gift. That God has given us. He has joined two people together uh, that can be so much to each other. Not only do we love our spouse, but they are companionship. They are our best friends. They are the people that we can talk to about anything, and that really is the ideal. But when there is pressure due to finances or family issues or um, health, those pressures can put so much stress on a marriage. I want to thank our sponsor Media Angels and the book One More Child. You can download a free chapter at mediaangels.com and we have a special offer for anyone who purchases the book. So if you go to mediaangels.com, you'll find out more information. You know, true love can be fleeting and they say that you know, love doesn't last. Well, certain types of love may not last, but the love that does last is the really the the kind that sustains us all through our lives. And I recently heard um, a talk that our pastor did at church, and he talked about the different types of love. and I'd like to do a podcast on that. Um, since I'm on podcast uh, nine here, um, I'm probably going to refer you to. A few minutes with God podcast. Um, and I may have done one over there on love. <laughs> I'll have to check. I'm on 90 something over there, so I can't remember. But, you know, love that is the kind that God has for us is the type of love that we just cannot understand because it's a, a love that is self giving. God empties himself. When he loves, and for us that's very hard because our love is conditional. Well, you didn't do this for me, or I can only love you if you know this and this happens. But when we meet and fall in love, our world seems to change, our mood lifts, we're happy, and everything in life seems to be easier and more manageable, doesn't it? Yet there are so many things that can rob us of our peace, and the longer we are married, the more, as we put it, real life. Comes in. It's not just the love, you know, and enjoyment we have going out um, on a date or spending time together. Now we have to add all of the trials of living, and that is, you know, an income to support our family and having children and all of the things that happen in our lives. And if we allow them, they can rob our peace. And the one that is at the most peril, truthfully, is our marriage. Our marriage, you know, and today the statistics are horrible. It used to be that Christian marriages far surpassed secular marriages or people who didn't have faith or believe in God. And now the the breakup is very similar. And there are a lot of different statistics as to the reason why. Why? And one of the reasons that is put forth is because many times even in Christians people will live together before they get married and that statistic is so much higher if with people, you know, regardless of faith, who live together, the divorce rate is much higher. And That's amazing because you would think that if you lived with someone, you would get to know them and quote unquote, it would be a test. But the statistics show that when people do that, they basically are not acting like their true selves because it's a very temporary situation, right? And when we're married, that is a more permanent situation. And yet, when we get married, if we're married, you know, under the auspices of a church or a Christian faith, our marriage is blessed. It's blessed by God. And so we have to realize that there is a sanctity to our marriage. There is a grace that is given by Almighty God. And there are so many things that I would love to share with you and and time doesn't permit me to do so. But one of the things I want to really focus on Is that we need to recognize, first of all, that our marriage is going to be, um, you know, is going to be shaken. For me, uh, that happened when I found out that my son was going to need a lot of my time and my care and my direction and my help. And at that point, I felt like my world had tipped and it was leaning toward the side of my son, and all else just faded into the background. And yet, I made some major mistakes when I did that. I'm not a marriage authority. I haven't written a book on the topic, but I can tell you that I've been married for almost 40 years, and there are many things that I Um, have done that I wish I hadn't done. And that's one of the things I want to share with you in this podcast, you know, as kind of a warning, but also a hope, a hope that because of the grace of God, I am still married. Because of the grace of God, I have a wonderful relationship with my husband. And I'm going to share with you some of the things that are important and that we found were important for a lasting relationship. One of the horrible decisions we made in our marriage that I'm not happy about was deciding on a vasectomy, and that came after the diagnosis of my son when I was in a situation, a state of depression when I shouldn't have been making any decisions, yet truthfully, I didn't even know I was in this state because um, all I, I felt was like all of the life and the laughter and the happiness in my life had been snuffed out like a candle. And... We thought that having a vasectomy would make our life easier in the long run. We realized that it was something we needed to change, and I'm going to talk more about that in a future podcast. But my husband had ideas that I went along with for the sake of peace, and one of those things was as we were growing in our faith, as we were coming to see you know, that our marriage needed some help— um, there was a um, a sign up one one Sunday that said that they were going to be asking people to come to a marriage encounter, and I remember going over to the parish center and um, having coffee, and the kids were having you know donuts and juice, and sitting with some friends. And my friends, um, you know, one friend came running over and said, you have the best husband in the world. He's signing you up for marriage encounter. And I wanted to go, but my husband won't go. And I just said, he's doing what? And I didn't say anything or go over and, you know, make a scene and cross my name off the list. But I was like that husband who didn't want to go. I really didn't want to go. And I thought to myself, you know... The guy that had talked about Marriage Encounter had talked about it as being something to go to for good marriages. And so we did end up going, and I wasn't in the best frame of mind to attend, but we did learn something that stayed with us for the rest of our marriage, and we learned how to communicate. I had to realize that I didn't know it all, and I had to listen to my husband's opinions. Um, In fact, we were directed to write uh, something that, you know, the team had given us, and then we were supposed to go to our rooms and write to our spouse on this topic or question. And my husband, um, I'm a rule follower, and he typically is as well, but when I got his paper, he had crossed out the question and written the topic he wanted to discuss. And it was really interesting, you know, of course, I thought that was quite funny, um, which was good, <laughs> but what was amazing to me was that what he was, the, the topic he wanted to discuss was so foreign to me, and, and it had to do with the amount of time I volunteered outside the home. Um, I'm a doer. I jump into projects. If someone says, you know, we'd like someone to help with this, I'm the first to raise my hand, and then, you know, two minutes later, I find out I'm in charge. And so this is what was happening in several of the organizations that I had been a part of, and my husband really wanted me to stop all of this volunteering and really focus in and come home, um, you know, in the sense of putting our home as a priority. And I think looking back, some of it could have been escaping the situation with my son, um, and the other was just, you know... Doing something, you know, I, I felt was more of an intellectual pursuit. But I had to take that to heart if I wanted my marriage to be a good marriage, and I did. And then years later, we went on a Crescia retreat, which was wonderful, and that really helped deepen our faith as well. My husband attended one weekend, and I attended the next. And Through the years, we began to see the fruits of these attempts to follow the Lord and learn through the instruments He gave us through our church and through these retreats. And if you ever have a chance to go on a marriage retreat, I would highly, highly recommend it. It is one of the best things that we did for our marriage. When I think of a marriage under trial, I think of these points that we forget to put God first in our life and... We typically put the like whatever that squeaky wheel is. If it's our kids, if it's our job, whatever that is that tends to come first. If you homeschool or if you are involved in your school situation and you're volunteering a lot, like I am or I did, um, you know, then you have to look at that and say, "What's a priority in my life?" The second was thinking that you're always right. I always thought I was right and that it was everyone else's fault. And other I know a lot of people who are always saying I'm sorry and thinking it's their fault. And And you know it's we, we're different people, right? Some people feel like they're at fault. And other people think that they're right. So if you're not one of those people that thinks you're always right and you're always thinking it's your fault, then that's a number two that you need to, you know, think about and pray about and turn that around because you can't always be wrong. It's not always your fault. The third is holding grudges and failing to forgive. This is so serious. I have podcasted about this um, at A Few Minutes with God podcast, and I'll try to remember to put the links um, in the show notes here. But forgiving is essential to any good relationship. The fourth is not respecting the other person. When it comes to relationships, that is one of the most important things. We tend to take advantage of those we love the most, and we have to respect the other person. And the fifth is to for- that we forget about the romance. We're so busy. We're in the midst of kids and and, you know, household and so many other things we forget that, you know, we got married with the promise to love each other forever, and we have to nurture that marriage. I remember taking the kids into the pediatrician, and the pediatrician asking me if I went on dates with my husband, and I think I just laughed out loud, and I probably was on child number three or four at this point, and I thought, you know, this had to be a joke, and he said, this is really important, and we're starting to ask parents this, which I considered very invasive. But then later when I thought about it, I thought, you know what? He's right. I need to take the time and go on a date. I love it when my husband calls me and asks me out on a date when he's at work. And it makes me feel special, and we have to remember that. And marriage is a, gra- it's a grace. It's a grace that God's given us. And so here are my five points to turn it around. The first is putting God first in your life, your spouse comes next, and then your kids, your household, whatever, your job, that that comes after those two things. The second is remembering that you are not in this alone. It is a partnership. You know, a marriage is a partnership. Yes, everything is not going to be divided perfectly even, um, I tend to do a lot more of household things. I help my husband with his business. Um, he is you know, part owner of my businesses, but he doesn't really help me with those, and that's fine. It's just that we have to look at it and, and not check off boxes and say, well, I do this, 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 and this, and he does that. So we have to remember it's a partnership. The third is re- realizing that love means sacrifice. Love does not mean to take, take, take. It means to give, give, give. You know, God has emptied His self to us. His love is self-emptying. And while we don't have that, you know, ability to love as God loves, we have, you know, human love. We can't even imagine the kind of sacrificial love that God has, yet we have to realize that even in our love for our spouse in our marriage that it means to sacrifice. The fourth means to forgive, and forgiveness is a key. I don't have time again to go into forgiveness, but this is a key in any relationship, whether it is with your spouse. You know, forgiving yourself. A lot of times um, I found that I had to forgive myself for some things because I was blaming myself for things that happened in the past. I also did a a podcast that I absolutely um, love. And that is that God is here in this present moment and again that's on my other podcast, but it's it, it's this and I'm gonna give it to you in a nutshell. God is here today now. God is not in the past. The past is done. God is not in the future. The future has not happened yet. God is here now and today. With God, there is no time, and I cannot explain you know, how God works, and I'm not attempting to do that, but just know that God is here with us now. And so this is the evil one's attempt to get us out of You know, where we should be, and that is in the present. We wallow in the past and we keep thinking about all the mistakes that we made. And instead of, you know, thinking about the present and today, and then we worry about the future and all the things that might happen that more than likely are not going to happen, but we worry about them anyway. But God is here today, and that needs to be the focus, friends. And the last is the dating and rekindling your relationship. Respect your spouse. Treat them, you know, like you did when you first met or, you know, rekindle that romance. And I have to say, I love my husband more now. Um, We're approaching 40 years and I am so grateful and blessed to be married to this amazing man. Then I, I, the love I had for him years ago when I first married him pales in comparison. And that's what I'm going to pray for you guys as well. Remember that marriage is under attack on a daily basis. We need to pray for grace to continue on and to persevere. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Again, if you want the show notes, go to onemorechildpodcast.com and look for Episode 9. You are on your way to a life that is focused on joy and hope. Thanks so much for stopping by. Connect with me on social media. Visit the website at one more and visit the podcast page for your show notes at one more podcast dot com. If you have any questions, be sure to write me at Felice at Media